0: You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger here with my co host, Tara Connolly. Hello. Mike Connolly. Hello. And our guest today, Howie Stelzer. What's up, Howie? Hello,
1: everybody. Hey there. Uh,
0: Howie records under his own name as well as running the Intransitive label. Not anymore.
1: No way. No, I threw those things in the garbage. It's done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: but there's still an Intransitive Bandcamp. Sure. You know, Intransitive was definitely. Going hot and heavy when we were all, you know, in the early 2000s, when we were all in in contact a lot and doing shows together and travel, traveling a lot.
3: Discovering and the world together. Yes, Just yes. Forming yes. our ideas and thoughts.
0: Yes. And yeah, how is a Green Door veteran?
1: Oh, yeah. Twice. Yeah, a survivor. Twice. <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, I was there with... Wait, was it twice? I was there with uh, Birchville Cap Motel.
0: Oh, yeah. Maybe that was it. And uh, Jason Talbot, I believe.
1: Boy, I, it was like a thousand years ago. It was. Classic so green door. It's whatever. a blur. <laughs> if you told me I played there five times, sure, maybe I did. The memory
2: is fades as the years yeah. go on, but we're here to rekindle those memories. Absolutely. And... Howie brought us a an 80s German, I don't know, what, what, what. how would you describe this CD, Howie?
1: Well, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I guess we're going to get to we're gonna it. We're going
2: to
3: give it a try. We're going to give a, it a
1: try. Take a it's stab It's one of these it. albums that really resists whatever description you want to give it. And I've, I've listened to this album since it came out. I, I bought it when it was new. And so, I, I, I don't know. I'm not good at subtraction. You can tell me how many years that's been. Uh, I've Wait been a listening minute. to it. Now nah, hey, nah, 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 nah. I have a okay, You okay, are good okay. at okay. subtraction. You do. I subtraction today, pal. Fair uh, yeah, so I've been <laughs> listening to it for that many years, and every single time I hear it, it sounds completely different to me. I hear it completely differently. So mm-hmm. my, well, my what they thought it was when they made it, and what I thought it was when I first heard it. And when I first and when I've heard it for all these 20 years since, and including the times I listened to it to prepare for this, sound completely different. And so I don't know what it kind of a record it is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And
3: equal. But
2: that's one of the reasons I love it. And that record being the Acrid Acme of P16D4 on their own selection label. What? Before we get into that, I think we should talk about what we've all been been listening to uh, recently. What, oh, do you, what do you say? Good idea. Who's going first? I'll take it. Greg? Sure. Okay. Oh, Craig go first. Hey. Just don't t- just just let give let us have the things that we may have lapped uh,
0: overlapped on if you don't mind. Oh,
2: that's right. We should can go le- first. Can you let oh, us have? Oh man, those? we should have first. I actually
0: I prepared my list knowing that you didn't listen to any of this.
2: Okay, great, great, okay. great. I, but I know we there's a few. okay. Yeah. Great, 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 great. Thank you,
0: thank you, great, we thank you.
3: You get the scraps. You
0: got it, buddy. <laughs> you got it. Blessed Sacrifice, The Loss of Innocence on No Coast, No Hope. Uh, I I had written down in my notes uh, prurient-style power electronics, and I realized that could mean about (laughs) 4,000 things, really. And so what I guess I'm referring to is that sort of melodic element that, you know, I think starting with Pleasure Ground or something was very uh, incorporated into the prurient sound with more aggressive distorted power electronics vocals, but uh, also a lot of noise, and there's some sort of doom elements in it, but more from the doom metal realm of things. I think, uh, it all comes together to make a really cool CD and uh, I wasn't familiar with the project, but, uh, Shay had encouraged me to check this out and it's a, it's a good one. And I just got in the mail today, the hyper trophy, I believe it's self-titled tape, which is Anthony Saunders, who was on our, uh, our hospital fest kind of a collage, I can't remember what we called that thing.
2: Uh, I mean, I, I refer to those types of episodes as the audio documentaries. We may not have called it then that, but, you know, it was an audio it was, documentary. It was the on-location
0: the hospital, uh, fest. Uh, hospital fest. Yeah,
2: on-location <laughs> is what we called it. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. There we, we figured um, it out. We got
0: and to it. this is some crusty, fuzzy, powerlifting theme themed noise that sort of devolves into this uh, cut-up junk concrete. And it's really good and really listenable and sort of unusual tones or the... The things that it uses are pushed more to the forefront than they would be on maybe other people's recordings. It's not, I don't know. It's very unique uh, in its palette and in its construction. So that was cool. Uh, and a
2: reference to uh, the great K2 tape on band production. Right.
0: <laughs> Guilty connector, mother's Blooded corpse uh, from 2003. This was something that uh, deadline had helped co-release and Richard just found some copies of it and uh, threw it up on his band camp. And, I've been in the mood for Guilty Connector lately. I've been making meaning to dig out the old tapes in there somewhere in some tape shelf in a stack, but that's been kind of on my list. So this hit perfectly. This was like a collection of split and short releases. Like it's got the Symptom of the Universe three inch from Sewer Records on there, and uh, it's just classic Guilty Connector, Harsh Noise, and it does what you want it to in that realm. Like you're in the mood for some Guilty Connector. Yeah, he's he's fast. He's Uh, Harsh, And there's also some, like, nice, weird ambient moments and other things in it. And last but certainly not least, Dave Phillips, don't hurt me for your pretty uh, field recordings from China and Taiwan. So insects, storms, forests. It's awesome. Fully captivating. uh, Really good stuff. Killer. What about you guys?
3: Well... We got really excited about the new Smell and Quim album Bulls Penis Soup. Uh, it is a blast. Uh, as soon as we finished listening to it, we went again, one more oh. time. Um, yeah.
2: It's just it's just what you want. W- the smiles on our faces when that is when 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 most smell and quim is on, but this one in particular, it is brand new. It's a it's actually an eleven-inch lathe cut. Uh, but, and, and we, we picked that up and
3: it's filthy, but it's a
2: full out. Al- I mean, it's full, yeah. pretty much full album length. I mean, I think it's over a half hour I mean, it's long. It's pretty, you know, album length. And I mean, what? I couldn't shoot my muck. Uh, I couldn't was, shoot uh, my
3: muck. I, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we, uh, we had too many drugs. I'll, I couldn't shoot I'll, my muck. We like kick, to fuck asses. Yeah.
2: We'll we'll fuck you in the <laughs> we'll ass. We'll fuck you in the ass. Uh, uh, That's well, what I'll, we do. I'll kick your cock off. Oh, I mean, yes. it's going blue yeah. here. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's smelling quim. What are you gonna do? You, it's, it's, anytime smelling, you know what? I I would say from here on out, anytime the words and quim come up, like it, that's the disclaimer yes. that things might get blue. Yeah. Like it's just, what are you gonna? You can't really talk about smelling quim and not say anything hey, look,
3: i'm saying right now it's gonna be a great summer album like yes. such fun yes. summer vibes yes. sitting next to the pool talking about shooting your muck yeah <laughs> yeah, I yeah yeah just you do. my it. copy is As on the way so
0: yes. I haven't gotten yeah, to soak it, this one in yet it's, uh, no, I, it's, I only it, just recently
1: learned what their name is a reference to yeah well yes and so when we when oh, we got yes. to, when like we, this past we, week like mel and yeah. kim mel and kim had yeah, no we, idea.
2: When we, when we interviewed Walklet, that was one of the first questions I think we asked and he, yeah, he was like, it's, they were a, a, a pop group at that time. And it was just a, a quick, Name for that, and it's filthy
3: and irreverent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep.
2: It's, I mean, look, you know, we absolutely worship smelling. I, I, and
3: again, just this album is just pure, um, filthy fun, uh, and chaos,
2: pure, pure, depraved filth. And and then we, and then which then led, led us to throw on the, the other new album, Cunty Bubbles, and yeah. you know, just great. And there's actually some, there's actually some, some of the audio is from the, the, the show in New York. I think there's just a point where there's a crowd yeah. cheering. And I think that's, I think that's probably what it is. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but look, it's, hey. it's smelling Quim. And the other thing we listened to a lot this week is, uh, uh, SSSM put up an old SSSM comp on his band camp, the, uh, corporal punishment comp with S contagious orgasm use. And, uh, the, Oh shoot! I can't remember the first project. It sounded crazy. It was something I wasn't familiar with. It's just—I mean, look, those SM comps are just so amazing, so So unique. Don't there's there's just no—they don't fit into anything, and except for that, it's like that's the zone, and it is—it's a great one. So he just threw that up on his Bandcamp. Of course, we're gonna have a link to everything we're talking about. Highly, highly recommend that. I know, and I know, great, super interesting. Yep,
0: yeah. I'm not going to not the- grab something, you know, an SSSM comp, especially like yes. a nice digital. So yeah, easy.
2: Yes, yes. So that's been the that's been the main chunk this week. I'm, you know, there's certainly been more stuff, but I'd say that's the
1: the highlights of the week. How about you, Mister Stelzer? Uh, I've lately been on a, a hairstylistics kick. I just can't get enough. Um, I was a huge San Geisha fan, and. Now I'm a huge hairstylistics fan. I think I think what he's doing now is even better than Val Nansen Geisha was. I absolutely love it. So he's been, like, insanely, unrealistically prolific. Uh, and he's <laughs> been, I think, in Tokyo, he's been doing, like, a CDR a week, just dropping them off at his local record stores. But lately, he's discovered Bandcamp. So they're all, he just keeps putting them up uh, and... They're fantastic. Some of them are. Uh, well, there's one called Bounder Bum. He has really good titles. That's kind of a techno album. Uh, it, there's some that are like instrumental hip hop albums. Uh, there's one called the. Uh, what well, I wrote down the title, the Middle Aged Massacre, which <laughs> that's it, great. Yeah, his titles are great. Good. Which is like it's kind of slow beats and him like rocking on a turntable making little wibble wibble sounds. Uh, <laughs> it's really fun. It's kind of stupid. Uh, they're all much, much better than you would expect of someone who makes an album a week. They're so fun, and so I'm, I'm on a big hairstylistics kick. A and Sus- a, yeah.
2: a friend of ours in real life and a friend of the podcast. Uh, last time we we saw him when when Tara and I went on tour, hooked us up with like twenty or thirty hairstylistics mm-hmm. uh, uh, dubs. And oh, and yeah, yes. it's, it's crazy yes. the amount of
1: where it goes, the, where just it's it's a what a crazy project. Yeah. He doesn't just he doesn't have a thing that he just does cookie cutter over and over yeah. again. They're all really different. And if he just put out one of those and then waited a year and did another one, they would be great albums. But he just keeps cranking them out. Uh, There's so much fun. Yeah,
0: I think yeah. he just cool. did also, a yeah. release with John Weiss, too, right?
1: Yeah, he did. Right. Yeah, yeah, and also a lot of Susie and the Banshees. Ooh, Yay! Yeah, a big Susie and the Banshees kick. Um, we were last we actually, week. Actually, yeah. actually, we've been listening. So, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> yeah? Uh, Same. <laughs> uh, Juju is is oh, probably yeah.
2: all time favorite. Can't get enough. Yeah, Box, too. I, think, I, Box. I love Tinderbox. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I love Tinderbox. I think. Yes. Does, I mean, Candyman, Sweetest Chill, and. Cities and Dust, one of the one of the hits that oh, yeah. I've
1: never once gotten sick of her hearing. <laughs> I, I could Yeah, hear they can just keep playing once, it. It's not bad. Never and once the Videos
3: are good. Oh yeah.
1: When I was in high school, uh, I guess I've, I've always been kind of a contrary jerk. And if a lot of people like something, then I don't. And so it, when I was in high school in 89, 90, my friends all liked you know the Smiths and Susie and the Banshees and Joy Division and Bauhaus. So I thought, well, I'm never listening to any of that garbage. Uh, turns out they were all they were all right. Egg, <laughs> all those records, yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. All, all these decades later, oh man, like I could have been cool. Oh, wow, I missed my chance. <laughs> it wasn't. I, yeah, I think it's more. Great.
2: I think it's more fun to get into things way late. I we lo- we always talk about that how much <laughs> yes. we love that because the entire discography is there. You have a sure. whole history. Mm-hmm. Then you also have like tons of articles you can read and interviews. So I, I personally love getting into things way too late. I think it's great.
1: Well, well, there's my, there's my permission to keep looking to them after everyone else has already discovered them. Thank you. I give you you that permission. I've granted it to
3: you. You should try Bauhaus now. Maybe it'll be good. Who knows?
1: Sorry. Say that name. Let me write it down.
3: (laughs) I mean, I can't spell in German, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's okay. we don't have to say any German for the next hour
2: at all. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. All good. good thing. Mm-hmm. And actually yeah. who knows if they're good? I would say all four people in this yeah, in this on this screen know oh, that yeah. they're great.
0: <laughs> well, before we get into this P sixteen D four album, it's time for a word from our sponsors.
3: Foul Prey is a UK-based label specializing in international noise. After a short hiatus, we're back in harsher than ever with new original releases from Vice Wears Black Hose, Industrial Hazard, Ted Burns, The Rita, and Crawl of Time coming this spring and summer. Visit our new website at foulpray.com and sign up for the free newsletter to receive 10% off your next order. From there, you'll be the first to hear about upcoming releases, exclusive offers, advanced access to pre-orders and subscriber-only content. That's FoulPray, F-O-U-L-P-R-E-Y.com.
0: Whether you get off on sonic extremes, skilled think pieces, or psychologically damaging soundtracks for personal ritual, Misanthropic Agenda has got you covered. Misanthropic Agenda is a noise, sound art, and electronic music label founded by Garrett Whitmer in 1998, releasing CDs and vinyl by the likes of Merzbow, John Weiss, Joe Colley, Dave Phillips, Francisco Marino, Death Throws, Lasse Marhag, Jason Krumer, LHD, and many more. Use code noise Extra at misanthropicagenda.com to receive free shipping on any size order in the United States. Oh, and they've also got a band camp
2: the acrid acme of P16 D4 now you said that you've got you've had this since it came out yeah give us a little background about how how were you in the position to know this was coming out to know you wanted to pick it up give us a little position give yes. us a little history of your own path into getting
1: into this music sure so I uh I was a kid in Florida. So eighth grade, high school, undergrad, lived in, uh, in Florida. And when I started getting into this music, uh, I think it was through, I guess like through Weird Al Yankovic, I guess, originally. Uh, we yeah. love, I mean, we're huge fans. So, so, that's so let's draw the line from, from Weird Al to P16D4. Cause I'm I, I can, I I can thread this. Oh, this yeah, all makes so much more board. sense now. I can I am, see it to
3: craftwork and Devo, <laughs> I am which was fully, like my fully on end. Board.
1: <laughs> so he played. He did a show on MTV in '88, I guess, called Al TV. Oh and yeah, he played, yeah, and he played weird videos. So weird videos meant the Art of Noise and Fishbone and weird stuff. And so I started getting into that kind of kind of music. And but I didn't know anyone else who liked that music so i was going to the record store and just what do you have that's like the art of noise what do you and that led me to like oh front 242 and wax tracks and okay what's what's more like this give me more uh i had to be 14 14 15 um and through someone saying oh you should maybe go to this store oh you, you go to fort lauderdale uh if you want to learn more about these you know weird bands or electronic music that you're uh, you got to go to this one weird uh, magazine store in Fort L'Oreal and go all the way to the back where they have the music magazines and uh, buy one of those and look for all the addresses uh, in the back of the magazine and just write to them and ask them to send you catalogs. Uh, and so there was this, you know, really sketchy magazine shop and off the, off the highway in a sketchy part of fort lauderdale and they sold nd and option and so i just kind of bought them blind like all right i want to hear more stuff like that weird thing with max headroom in the video like what else what else is there uh and so i would write away for catalogs uh and in talking to to people and kind of sharing my excitement uh someone suggested oh you should go to this record store in miami uh called uh open wait yeah it was open books and records uh way, way, way down south of the city uh, and, you know, see what they have there that they think they sell the kind of music you're looking for. And so I went in with a friend, I, I think at this point I must've been 16 uh, and they had a section in the store. It was a pretty big store marked noise. Like, Oh, all right. What's that? Very cool. You're like My so section I- now. <laughs> yeah, so and and I, I it was such a formative moment. I remember exactly. I, I remember what I saw. I remember seeing Soviet France records in the burlap. I remember seeing nurse with wound records. I remember White House records. Like, oh, what is it? What is it? And so I guess the guy who stocked that section of the store saw me look through the records and thought, oh, he's looking through my stuff. I want to talk to that weirdo. And so that guy came up to me. Oh, can I help you? I said, yeah, I have no idea what I'm looking at. What do I need? And <laughs> so he, I, I walked out with uh, Lustmord, Heresy, and Negative Land, uh, Escape from Noise. Mm. And as I was, uh, I, but I, I remember listening at the listening station to those records right. and thinking, I have no idea even what to do with any of this. And as I was checking out, the guy said, hey, can, come over here. I, I don't want my boss to, to see me do this. He says, look. Here's a catalog for this record store in Lowell, Massachusetts. Just buy anything out of this catalog. There's no descriptions. Just buy things at random. And and here you go. And he handed me an RR catalog. And of course, there's no descriptions of anything. I'd never heard of any of the any of it. Um, so I brought that home and I thought, all right, I'm gonna dive in head first. Uh, at this point I'd read in I'd read ND magazine, but I had indie and banana fish and forced exposure they kind of already assume that you know who the bands are which Mm. i now recognize as being that's kind of cool but also if you're a 16 year old kid in florida that doesn't know any of these people then it's just references that make no sense it's like all right i've seen some of these names i have no sounds to attach them to i'm just gonna buy the the records by bands that seem like that i can't imagine what a band named that would possibly sound like what what has like numbers and letters for a name i'm just gonna buy that and that was my first rr thing uh p16d4 fi and sbothi i I said i have no idea what these are they're numbers and letters here we go sent Ron some money and that's and here i here i am now and
2: you know we we talk about that and how exciting that was even when you got that triple r catalog and i did the same thing it was it was all about the names i and and i've mentioned before but it was recycled tape smelling quim black Mm -hmm. leather jesus and japanese um torture comedy hour because of the names i'm like what are what could these bands sound like and i the same thing with the with the letters i always say when I saw the ad for Japanese American noise treaty and I saw CCCC and MSBR, I'm like, what? And what I think I, that? I think I dropped off a C by the way. Uh, and I always do it by accident. <laughs> it's just like, who names themselves four C's? Like, what is that? Like that made no sense to my brain <laughs> or yeah. Like you're saying, I always say, you know, Sabothi or whatever. And I it's, what is it? The, su- the swimming, beha- human swimming behavior of the human infant or whatever. Yeah, Isn't that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I loved that. I had that those exact same feelings that you did, looking at the Triple R catalog and just being like, "Okay, yeah, what does P sixteen D four sound like? How would you name your band? That and what does that sound like?"
1: Right. Yeah, and I, I was still was still listening to you know Fishbone, Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know, I was a kid. I was I was a kid. I was a high school kid in, in Boca Raton, Florida. This it was so outside of my anything I knew. Uh, and I I wanted something far outside of what I do, and I I really I got that, uh, and yeah, the, the, I remember the being so thoroughly well first disappointed by Fi because like well okay they're a rock band okay I, I like it now, but I, I was going for P sixteen D four is what I wanted yeah right Fi was like uh, okay this is this is a rock band P sixteen D four is
3: like legit alienating
1: absolutely alienating. yeah absolutely yeah the completely i i don't know what this is i don't know what to think of it i'm not Mm -hmm. sure if i like it i'm not sure if i'm supposed to like it i'm not sure if i'm missing information here Mm -hmm. uh that i that i need to access it or if this is it or who even is this what do they think they're doing i had no way in yeah what are you supposed to do with it yeah (laughs) Did you? Yeah, did almost. you ever
2: get any of the taste test tapes that Sienko talked about back in those I, early
1: days? No, uh, no. <sighs> those are so because cool. Yeah, like little like a minute samples of everything. Yeah. And with him introducing it, with Ron doing a little oh. like you know like the,
2: it'd be like you know like this is P sixteen D four like or you know what I mean like <laughs> yes. they're the cool. We were blown away because when he know. brought those uh, to us to check out when he visited uh, a little over a year ago and we were. Blown away, and it is one of those things where a lot of people, hardcore people, had not even or, you know he only did those for a few years, so they're very they're some of the weirdest and rarest, but some of the coolest.
3: And uh, it's just so cool to hear Ron's voice introducing a band. Yeah, it's yeah, wild. yeah. yeah.
2: Wow. He's a
1: character, that guy.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. But wow, what so what a crazy way to get introduced to the CD and. However many years later, here we are. Yes.
3: Did you wait, I, I have a question. Did you play it for your friends?
2: Yeah, did you have friends did you who were into play it this?
3: to anybody? Did I have for anyone? <laughs> who who <laughs> well, were
2: into yeah. who were who were who were on <laughs> the same level and wanted to hear weird music, or were you
1: alone in that? I ev- eventually, yeah. Like eventually I would play records for for some friends and uh I have a small, small group of friends who who were into into weird music by the end of high school, uh, yeah. But you were kind of sort heading of. it up,
2: right? Mm. I'm just, you you yeah. you were the you were the the real champion. Everyone was kind of kind of going a little bit on board, but
3: I'm Let's, picturing a small group of Floridian teens sitting in a basement listening to this. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to wrap my I head mean, around.
1: Really, really small, like me and one or two people. Like, I, yeah. please don't use the word champion, <laughs> referencing me, like for anything. Like that's just not. I was a nerd in Boca Raton, like with a with like a cup with like my friend Jessica going, "Hey, you should really check out Nurse with Moon. It's kind of, I don't know, maybe you'd like it. You'd like Ween. Here, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe after they might be giants, we can put on the Soviet France record. I don't, maybe I don't know. Check it out. Well, but it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. When I went well, to college, it changed. When I'm in college, I met yeah, other people sure. there. Yeah. When I left South Florida, but remember, this is no internet back then. There was no, um, no scene really the local band was Marilyn manson right uh, and oh there was, yeah there was, there was nothing there so the closest i got to to proselytizing was when uh nine inch nails was touring pretty hate machine and they played in miami beach and the opening band was meat beat manifesto uh who were touring storm the studio and i loved that album especially the really really noisy parts there's like the fourth track where it's just feedback and pound it sounds like a it's not like a Splinter Geometrico. It's really great. Uh, it's really noisy and pounding and harsh. And uh, I knew none of my friends would want to see that band. Uh, but Nine Inch Nails, uh, they were getting some play on MTV. And so I convinced some, fr- I couldn't drive yet. So I convinced some friends, hey, you should, you'd like Nine Inch Nails. Do you want to drive down to Miami and see this band? And so a bunch of us did pack in a car and, you know, Blast Cocteau Twins down on the highway going down Miami, uh, as you do. And that was maybe the first noise show that I was at, because Meat Beat were just uh, 45 minutes of feedback. It was really excruciating noise. And I've actually found a video of that show on YouTube to confirm, like, is my memory right? Or did in my head, did I make this something it's not? And uh, no, it really it really was that. It was totally great. So some that's the closest when my friends got to hearing noise and like my first live experience with it also.
0: Wow. That
2: is that's yeah. really cool. That's a really cool first show. And then where did sure. you end up going to to college? Uh first in Tampa and then in Gainesville. Oh, so you were in Florida for a while. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was an amazing. That was an amazing yeah. Uh uh, Tara and I love Florida. Actually, yes, we, we we actually have, have a very blessed. we have a very big love of Florida. Yeah, and, where, do you got to, where do you like to go?
1: Uh,
2: well, actually, uh, Tampa and Gainesville were both great. We great, had a blast there, We had
3: fun in Vero Beach. We yeah. had fun oh, yeah. outside of Jacksonville, and Me- then
2: of course, I mean, I and mean, of course, you know, Miami being its and and actually, really, Churchill's well, being its own. Yeah. Li- yeah, it's basically its own country, its, its own planet. It's a, yeah, 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 its own planet. Churchill's being its own planet. I mean, that's well, in the
3: legendary. Most disgusting, horrible bathrooms of all time. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a worse bathroom, really.
1: So to be to be totally fair, I like Florida.
2: Yeah, yeah, but you know, as a a
1: kid in in as a kid in the early '90s who moved there from New York against his will uh, (laughs) to start like eighth grade high school, my parents said, you know, we're moving to Boca Raton. So why would I want to do that in Florida at that time? There was nothing there. Miami Beach was a ghost town. Right. There was nothing there at all. Like literally a ghost town. Uh, I remember seeing the beastie boys when they toured, check your head. Actually, this is kind of funny. My, my best friend at the time went to the other high school. There were two high schools in Boca Raton, and it was prom is that we were seniors and graduating and neither of us wanted to go to prom. So, uh, her prom, uh, kind of gift for me. She's like, hey, I bought tickets to the Beastie Boys. Said, oh, they're still around? Oh, that'll be kind of funny, funny, I guess. Right. Like, and went to Miami to see this, like, washed up old, goofy hip hop band. There was nobody there. It was an empty room. There was, Miami Beach was empty. Like, there was nothing in Miami
3: Beach. Oh, that's crazy. We walked
1: down empty streets and saw the Beastie Boys do a set of hardcore and a set of hip hop and a set of funk to an almost empty room, walked out of there like, oh, maybe these guys are good, actually. And then psh, they blew up.
2: Wow. But yeah, yeah
1: re-blew fl- re up. Yeah, that's God, crazy. Yeah. That's wild. But Florida at the time, I couldn't wait to get out because there was right. nothing there. It really felt separated from the rest of the country. And I just wanted to move to a... Honestly, I was really getting into music. And I wanted to get move to a place where other people knew what the hell this thing I was interested in was. And Florida was not that. When I go back down now and visit my brother and my mom, it's it's great. Yeah. There's a lot of great in Florida for sure. Uh, it's beautiful. And now there's so many, so many cool things to do and there's, uh, it's not as disconnected from everything else, but as a kid, I just couldn't wait to get out.
2: Were you out of Florida by the time, say to live in shave Harry pussy when that was sort of starting, or were you aware of that at the time or were you, did it kind
1: of, did you just miss it? Uh, well, that's a funny story. We're, I guess we should talk about P sixteen D four at some point. We but. should, but I'm just having <laughs> a good time. Ah, this is fascinating. I'm <laughs> sure, <laughs> sorry, okay, but you know, I know what? Know. If you don't just care, having- I don't care. I don't
2: care. I know no. we do. We're going to talk about it. I'm just having fun. I'm yeah. having, I'm actually, I didn't realize your story is actually super fascinating. Yeah, I actually did not realize A, how early you got into this stuff. And then B, mm. this is, I'm loving all this. So, yes, we're going to get cool. into this, but I would like to let, let's just touch on this real quick. And then I cool. swear
1: we're going to well, get into it. Well, and
0: that yeah. it's a Weird Al Yankovic connection. Oh, man. I, yeah. I would cool love to meet that
1: guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so to live in shade and shave and Tom and, and Harry Pussy. So I met Tom when I was in, when I was 16, actually, 16, 17, uh, when he was still doing Peach. And uh, I used to make these tapes and uh, like, they could, you, know, those, you know, those old uh, uh, tape copying machines and there was two tape players in one box. And so you could press play on one and record on the other to dub a tape. And so I was making these uh, kind of collages with that. And I would just take them with me to concerts and Play them for people. Like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Do you want to hear it? Uh, and just make make people listen to these like stupid old tape collages I was doing. Like really ignorant. Like not knowing what I was doing with it or why I was doing it. I was just I'm I'm making this stuff. Please listen. And if someone had told me you should go and find this guy in Miami Beach named Rat Bastard and play this tape for him. Okay. And so I I looked up the studio because it's in the phone book, E-Sync on Miami Beach. And I said, "I." someone at a party told me I should play you my tape. And he said, all right, come on down and play it for me. And so me and a friend drove down to Miami Beach and uh, played him the tape. And Tom was recording a Peach of Immortality album in his studio at the time. Oh, wow. Uh. So, yeah. So I played the, uh, I brought my little C60 of really ignorant tape collage garbage and uh I didn't know what to expect when having a producer listen to my tape I, I didn't know what the end product was even supposed to be I just I guess I should play my music for a producer that's what you do right and so he and Tom after they were done recording listened to my tape and I've known them ever since that is wow. really good. So yeah and then Tom cool. sent me his tape uh, he said Tom made me like a a mixtape of peach and and Bodob stuff uh said here this is what i do and that that absolutely blew my mind yes the the peach of immortality Mm -hmm. stuff with all the tape uh really dense tape collage that was uh that was life-changing to discover that so yeah that's so i knew i've heard i saw harry pussy's name on flyers for like punk shows but i always thought that's not a band i care about that's probably just some stupid punk band i don't want to see them and I found out later that I probably should have gone to those shows. <laughs> yeah, <That's-> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh well, yeah. yeah. I, I saw them. I saw them once, but it was it was at the end. So uh, yeah, I really missed that boat.
2: Wow, wow. it's their fault for having such
1: a dumb name. I, I blame there, them.
2: There you go. You know what? You everyone heard it here first. I love that story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Actually, I did not realize this. Uh, actually, I really didn't know how young you were getting into this and how far back you go so this is fascinating oh, yeah. and and it kind of makes sense being if this cd was an early thing that you got being into sort of tape cut up collage i mean this is especially these first three tracks so so yeah. the cd's divided up into what four three four sections it's four sections four
1: sections yeah right.
3: so the first section is source material from 81 that they recomposed in 87 Second section is from the captured music festival in '87, so it's supposed to be pure acoustic. The third is uh, music, music, concrete, improvised directly to tape, and then the fourth is Merzbau.
2: That's right, and yeah, 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 and of, and of course p sixteen eighty four being RLW. Uh, we, you want to say it? I'm, I'm just the worst. At oh, anybody. I
3: think, I think, I do stick with RLW.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna butcher his. Are we gonna are
3: we gonna draw straws? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Ralph Ralph Wachowski. Wachowski. Yeah,
2: there you go. There you go. I just always I'm just the worst name pronouncer, and I always feel like I'm gonna get something completely wrong. Uh, And and so yeah, but but started in you know I think '79 was when they said the very first stuff was just under PD, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, they were part of the like the post-punk industrial. seen in in mines outside of frankfurt so they started definitely of a aware of like dinner test build and uh springhouse del walk then walk in and and their plan really early on german post-punk and electronic they were part of that but they really quickly became disillusioned uh, especially ralph and then everything after that became i think self-referential and uh antagonistic toward uh the music that they started with so they got further away from song form and industrial but they kind of kept referencing it and they kind of kept chewing up all their previous records again and again and again and again and i think in acrid acne that reached the the end the end point where it's uh you can hear the post-punk in the first section you can you can still hear the seeds of it there's drum beats and there's a like a bass line and you can hear just, oh yeah, that was probably a part of a song. And then they just chew it all all up and and tear it to shreds. And it kind of gets more abstract as the album goes on. But the that's definitely where they started. Of music. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely where they started. They were in, in a post punk industrial late seventies, early eighties.
0: By 87, I guess, when this stuff was reworked, it had become full on tape collage. But it seems like the post-punk stuff was abandoned fairly early on.
1: It was. Yeah. And they those uh, they did one, like a couple of tapes and one LP where it definitely sounds like that. Uh, it, And then they spent the next the rest of their career chopping those tapes up and then chopping up the tapes of those tapes being chopped up and of again and again and again. And Acrid acne is weird because right. it sort of assumes that you know who they are and you know where they've come from. But there's really right, no right. way to know because they're so no. obscure. So who who would know unless you were following them from the beginning? And who was doing that?
3: It's ultimate postmodernism.
1: Yeah, I guess at so. At play.
3: And I, I was laughing. We were reading, you know, interviews as we do before these episodes. And um, Wachowski said it became P16D4 because they wanted to have two incarnations of PD play. So one had to be PD and the other one had to be P16D4. And he said, and of course to anybody who hears it for the first time, it's obviously that P's the 16th letter and D's the fourth letter. And just the way he's like, it was obvious from inception. We, we, and course. we were like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. sure. It was, was not obvious. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I
2: wonder what it is. And they did the thing where he said, you know, PD was gonna stand for multiple things. I and I was saying, like, I love how I feel like every band thinks they're gonna change their name all the yes, time. Yes, every single r- album until finally it's, it's like, um, ah, we're not gonna do that anymore. Like, yeah, like, we're the Butthole Surfers. Fine, the, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That and that was the example I used. I think they said we that we
3: actually was, had this discussion. Privately. I think they said That's that funny. was the
2: first show they got paid for was under that name, so they were like, well, we're just gonna go ahead and stick with that, but. <laughs> Uh yeah. Okay, yeah. the
3: other notable thing um from interviews what was that there have been three different math- mathematicians present in this band and you too sir are a mathematician. <laughs> so please well, well. explain to me why this is ju- this clearly is appealing for the mathematician.
1: Uh I don't know. Uh well Is it the
3: structured approach to chaos?
1: Uh, I used to live down the street from one of those mathematicians, actually.
0: Oh, oh, really?
1: Stefan Schmidt. I didn't I didn't know it at the time. I found out later that he lived down the street from me for a couple of years. Oh, Oh. weird. Yeah. Great. I would have said hi, but had no idea. (laughs) really yeah really yeah yeah in cambridge massachusetts yeah he lived in at least try
3: to bump into each other once
1: (laughs) (laughs) i would have gone to his he was was teaching math at mit and and he still teaches math but in uh Mm -hmm. dresden i think um yeah like really right a five minute walk from my house oh well uh yeah no there's something about the way that they chop these songs up that sounds like they're not the way a human who was going for emotion or going for narrative would think to chop something up they the 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 way that these are cut up seem like they're preordained from a uh, from from random numbers or from some structure imposed on the on the music and not necessarily thinking musically at least that's how it sounds to me. Uh, I know when they did other projects like SLP it was a pro it was a computer program that had that uh, was playing one of their records on four different turntables and the program was taking uh, little bits from each of the turntables playing one of their records in a certain rhythm without knowing where the needles were on each of the records. So that's kind of a a mathy way of thinking about cutting up music and not necessarily like a, a human or, or, tension-release song form of thinking about music.
0: Oh, I would say there's not a lot of tension-release here. It is, it is no, no.
1: Tension-building.
0: It gets actually infuriating, I think. Like, during Rotting Out Scratch, <laughs> the, the third track, I oh, yeah. keep checking to see if my CD is skipping or <laughs> watching to see if the uh, seconds take too long because it's trying to read data because it feels like... You know, something you take something like Oval, which is based on CD skipping, but it's very pleasant and glitchy. And here you have this like crude, chop, empty, disorienting and really kind of aggravating (laughs) sounds with pauses in between them and pops when they come in and out. And it's really not uh, it's not comforting.
1: No, no. Yeah, my my notes say uh, even more sparse and broken than what came before it. Yes,
2: it yeah. it feels like it's choking the sound and never letting it. It's like the sound keeps trying to come through, and then they're just like they're just like choking it and not letting it come through. Like nope, 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 nope. You're staying in. You're staying here. You're, every time something tries to come through, uh, they keep choking it. And and I do feel it. That happens a lot. Then throughout the rest of the album as well. But it's such a strange thing. And And, I mean, I can't imagine this being one of the first things in the world of noise, experimental, industrial, whatever you want to call it, that you heard. I mean, you must have been just totally. Oh, I mean, Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go.
3: (laughs) I can see. and, And even if you're someone who, like, seeks to find a reason for something or seeking to find a pattern, this is a nut that you will not crack.
1: Right. But, boy, I listen to it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and I can't really tell you why exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I just really do. So so that particular, I'm glad, glad, Greg, you mentioned Rotting Out Scratch. Um, I f- My take on it as I listen to it this time, which, again, every time I hear this album, it sounds different to me, and including this, when I, I was thinking about how the, how this section of the album is about cutting up their rock recordings. Um, and about how it seems like they're mocking what they used to do. Like, it seems like they they were making this industrial post-punk stuff and then saw, oh, but this is what other people around us are doing. And then German New Wave happened and people are now have careers. And okay, we're done. And that was stupid and we're never going to do that again. And in fact, let's just cut up everything that we did that could be a song uh, in a a way that's kind of cruel, because uh, those early tapes—they're kind of neat. Like if they came out now, they're neat. They're—they're they're not awesome, but they're not bad. Teenagers making industrial rock in Germany in 1980—it sounds like that. It's—it's it's good. It's fun. Um, but with this section, it, the first song you can hear the beats, and the second song there's a little less, and by the third song it's just atomized. Yeah. Uh, so, with rotting out scratch, it, it's like we're taking away all semblance of songs, of beats, of instruments, just shredding it now and forget it. It's in the past.
0: The second piece, that's what I heard this time, Creamhild's Rash. Uh, that's, oh, yeah. I'm saying that wrong, but deal with it. Uh, I mean, really, <laughs> it really sounds like a drummer is playing like inside the kitchen without any drums. And there's almost like some weird, like water sounds, but it's also this sort of cracking or crackling and uh, the, whatever, you know, I'm reminded with butthole surfer has been brought up a fair bit this episode, but I am reminded of, you know, creeping the cellar with the backwards violin. There's some backwards strings on this that kind of Mm -hmm. come up and fade in. And some, I think this one, uh, the second track had some really nice sort of concrete loop sounds that. They pulled me into the zone, but I was shoved right out of it by rotting out scratched and then tricked back into it again at 10 up three down, which is the beginning of the sort of second section of this album, because it's this pile of drones and, and one of them sort of keeps ratcheting up in pitch. Uh, but then it starts with this. these like, <laughs> you know, when there's construction outside your house, well, I know the Connolly's know.
1: Sure and, it is. and there's some like drilling in your going house? on
0: and you have zero control over it. It's like that, except the drilling doesn't sort of like end or come to a conclusion. It just goes away for a second and then might come back. Like there's not wherever the sound is happening and wherever the with the window we're allowed to see it through. Those don't line up properly. And I would say that's a way that a lot of this feels like it's constructed. Is this you're trying to look at something? Through a sliver, but it's it's offset a little bit. So you're only getting part of it. And then it cuts to the the view that you would have of it is still there, but it's it shoves off the edge so you can't see it or hear it. It's very strange.
3: I wrote that it is random sounds stopping constantly. Yes, which I I, I, that I like if, that that's that that's that could be said for a lot of
2: the tracks on this, random if not all.
3: Sounds stopping constantly. It's like riding with somebody who's pumping the brakes for no reason and you're just constantly kind of jerking forward. <laughs> uh, but I will I owe a debt of gratitude to the second track, um Crime Hill's Rush, which is Revenge, because that's a film from nineteen twenty-four by Fritz Lang. It's a silent film. Um it looks and amazing.
2: She found it some stills. Looks
3: phenomenal and I'm going to watch it tonight. Um it's based it's from a silent film series called Die Nebelungen and it's it's like, you know, German and Hun um mythology put into a an epic epic German film and uh it looks sick. So It looks really cool. Check it out. I'm going to watch it tonight. The, but again, it bears no resemblance but, to that track.
2: But so these <laughs> but so these tracks are from a live performance. Is that is that correct? Uh, it
1: it's kind of hard to tell. It, it no, says, the second uh,
3: set are from live performance. So four through eight are from live performances and but they're okay. still one ma- through three are from their early work. But
2: they're still manipulated, I believe. Yes. I don't believe
1: they're just the straight performance. No. Yeah, okay, uh rearranged as pure acoustic features. There you go. Well,
0: so what does that mean? That's them taking and playing back their stuff in a room and re-recording it? Who
1: knows. It's so hard to tell what's even happening with this. Wow. And I think part of the mystery of it and part of the I think the beauty of it is they seem to be explaining what they're doing, but it doesn't really explain anything. <laughs> Well, right,
2: and even even yeah. in this interview that we read, and this is an interview from 2005. In fact, our guest has mentioned it in a few times. Uh, this is an interview by Dan Warburton from 2005. I'm not exactly sure what publication it's originally from. It's on the uh, 4IB Records site. They talk about how when they would do stuff, they would sit and listen and listen intently and then go back and do stuff and go back and listen and go. Like, I can't imagine this... Basically, the way they talk about working on stuff, it seems like they worked meticulously and for a long time on yeah, this so stuff. Yes, so
3: much which, effort and so many ways of manipulating tape.
2: Yeah. And it, which, is, which is almost like hard to even fathom because, in some ways, it almost feels like a one take live thing with one layer. But in other ways, it seems like, or the way they talk about it is like it's actually very intricate.
1: Yeah. It's really hard to I, so. The coffin-shaped clock,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and am I, I think I'm understanding this right. Coffin-shaped clock is a track, but der, Das Lamm der Loch and Sabine are manipulations of coffin-shaped clock. Hey, the, hey! You know what? Mm-hmm. The, the, I didn't realize that. At, am I right? Maybe you, Sabine, I'm not yeah. sure. hey, you know
2: what? Huh. You're
3: right because you and, stated and it. And Sabine had. What, a didgeridoo and horns, I think, were mentioned as instruments that were present on those tracks?
1: Didgeridoo and horns. Which, like, could... C- That's case. what I sure, think of sure. when I hear this band. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I the, thought it was, some oh, actually, that was noise.
3: <laughs> that, I lied. That was actually Das Lam Der Dolk. Well, and that was The lamb and the dagger. That that yeah. track ha-
2: has some of the most sustained, sustained sound up to that mm-hmm. point. I, I think that 10 Up and 3 Down ha- does actually have a sustained sort of bed, you know, or, or at least for this album.
0: So does the, Das Der yeah. Dolk too. That's, 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 no, that's guy. what I said. That's what oh, yeah. I was yeah, saying.
2: I was saying Daslam Lambe Der has the most sustained sound up to this point and there's kind of rising waves of static and then this kind of higher tone ends up coming in. Yeah,
3: that's, that's the didgeridoo. <laughs> sure, sure.
2: Yeah, sure. it has
1: a chord progression in it, I think.
3: Uh, exactly,
1: uh-huh. right? Yeah. 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 Which
3: only further confuses everything.
1: It
2: is. It's it's a it's it is a, very confused, this is a very confusing listen. And you know, you've said even as long as you've listened to this, it's still confusing to you. Yeah, what was different
3: yeah. this time? How did you feel on this most recent listen?
1: It so my my first listens through it were total. I have no idea what to do with it. This time it, it sounded a lot more gestural. It sounded a lot more, uh, like people playing instruments or like improv in a, like a instrumental improv sense. I heard more, more human actions, people moving levers. Uh, it didn't sound nearly as alien as it has on my, previous decades listening to it. Uh, I found it a lot more listenable. I was in less off-putting, which I was surprised about. Wow.
0: Do Maybe you... that comes with age and, and <laughs> familiarity because I, yeah. actually the first time I listened to this prepping for this episode, I it sort of faded and mellowed out as I listened, but on this mm. listen here, I, it I found the whole thing uh, sort of constantly demanding attention and yeah, really, kind of shouting out at you as a listener. Like you, the sudden pauses and the way things sounds are introduced and ripped out, it, it makes you very aware of what's going on and what you're listening to. If played at, at volume,
1: yeah, I think listening to it passively just doesn't work. Uh, yeah, it really grabs you just every minute. It. I also noticed this time how intricate each of the edits are, so that uh, one little second of gesture will have like 10 different edits at different volumes and a different uh, speaker at uh, uh, stereo effects in just one little bloop. I noticed how much is crammed into each tiny little bit that must have taken them forever to do, which right. is amazing when you think about how weird the result is. That's a whole lot of work to do something that's so alien.
3: So we do have um, their mixer list. They had Two Revox B77, two tracks. uh, I don't know how to say T-E-A-C, Teak. Teak. Oh, Teak. Uh, Four-track reel-to-reel machine and one Teak eight-track mixer. And then they recorded on their B77, listened several times, did cut-ups with the B77, and then sketched it out on the four-track. This goes on and on and on. So, yeah, like, it the went process was to,
1: very deep. Was, so they had like mm.
3: five mixers going at one time back to back to back.
1: Wow.
2: Do you think that having obviously done your own work, your own music, your own sound, and knowing just your own process, I mean, do you think that enhanced the way you could listen to something like this as opposed to hearing it when you're in high school having... Only done very crude tape cut ups. I mean, do you find that as the years gone on, as your work progresses, you sort of understand
1: a little more the process? Yeah, and it yeah, because I can hear now I there's uh, actions attached to each of those weird sounds. You can think of, oh, that's a uh, that's spliced tape. Or you know, these are different different acoustic things spliced together and there's someone playing with the stereo field. Yeah, yeah, it makes more sense as what someone did rather than just what the hell is it? And then there's the track with Merzbaugh, which is just beautiful.
2: Yeah. yeah right. And that, that it's that true. finishes off, but I do want to mention a track that I have to say, you may have broke us. Uh, we have <laughs> heard, you know, for, for two, for two
3: years, extreme,
2: oh, you know, over two years at this point of yeah. just day in and day out of listening to noise and, just from every facet of noise, every level of noise from years past to the present. Half Cut Cows.
1: My favorite song on the record. Might, oh my God. You might have broken us. You <laughs> I- might. Almost it was actually up. It was actually nauseating.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm so proud. T- Tara's ears were getting hot. I was like, I, Oh she's my god, like, feel my feel ears. My ears. I had she's to- like, I'm getting like anxiety and I'm overheating. Yeah, wow. And this you might actually this album, didn't you? Th- 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 this might be I'm the sorry. most. It was this, so. This might be the most challenging, difficult thing that we've listened to. Wow, it, on this podcast. I mean, maybe but maybe I, I can think, think, think of there something was else.
3: Such a thing, like I didn't think that a song at this point in my oh. life could make me nauseated. Wow. But my ears turned bright red, and I was like, "I got to cover my ears. I'm gonna puke."
1: So it, it, it's one of my absolute favorite pieces of music, ever, <laughs> I ever. I Love
3: it so Half much. Cows, that is amazing.
1: Half Cut Cows is uh, <laughs> is absolutely formative to me as a composer, <gasps> oh. as a listener. I love that song. So let, we yeah, let's s- talk about that. Let's we talk- were sitting well, here going,
3: "Howie is a maniac." Yeah, yeah we were just. He a is so, in the so true maniac. extreme. You've talked like, about
1: taint for an hour, you guys. Dude, I mean, look, you. <laughs> that's just, like it's th-
3: like an th- opera. Oh th- yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, let's just. That, you, you've talked about the slogan, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. let's put this in context. This is yeah, just yeah. some tapes blooping. Oh man, slogan.
2: Oh, slogan is slogan is a warm blanket. This. Wow. This is this so. Actually, okay. wow. talk
3: please, about, talk about your
2: feelings about the talk about your feelings about the track, please. Okay. Other than pure
1: love, I, I can get deeper <laughs> all than that. Just just, okay. just all go it. for it. Okay. So Half Cut Cows. <clears throat> Why I love Half Cut Cows by Howard Stelzer. <laughs>
0: I love that. This is great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay. It's clearly the the pauses. The the length of it it's like what ten minutes long and it sure is and it never I think
3: <laughs> it's sixty seventy minutes <laughs> long yeah, I, think, I think it's like three hours
2: long I, but yeah, I don't know. Wow.
1: yeah if you guys want to talk about Nerve Net Noise next I'm <laughs> game oh, oh, well oh,
2: guess no, what no guess Am what I, no no did that the was actually no 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 but to be honest that was when you when we talked about having you on that was mm-hmm. my first recommendation was yeah. that we do Nerve Net Noise yeah so that's wow. gonna be the follow up is gonna be oh Nerve Net Noise is and but Half was Cut say, Cows well, broke you? When, when <laughs> you, when you said, "Don't call me a champion for anything," I, I, I kept like, meaning well. to interject. I was like, "No, no, no, you are the Nerve Net Noise champion, and will well, always be the Nerve Net Noise champion." I'll take that so title. All the, right. the, the, sequel
1: of our talk is going to be Nerve Net Noise, but fair. Let's enough. continue half with cut half
2: yes. cut
3: okay. cows.
1: All right. So half cut cows. So it says on the, it says in the, in the liner notes, this one is live and improvised. So as I'm listening to the album and get to that, thinking, all right, here's the band playing. What does it sound like when this band plays live a concert? I know what that is, right? I have a I have a a, a band on a stage. This is gonna be familiar. And it's absolutely not. And so the the pauses, the refusal to to let anything sustain. Um, the just big open gaps sustained the same density for the whole the whole thing. Uh, no climax, no buildup. It's just there. It's uh, it's incredible. So when I so when I started playing with tape, <clears throat> I basically wanted to do that song. As my as what I the music I made I just wanted to be a half cut cows cover band I've told Ralph <laughs> the H- Wachowski this I'm sorry I was I was actively trying to rip you off for like years I'm sorry I don't think I succeeded but I really was trying to um, and I, I the closest I got when I had the nerve the, the the balls to try it I was playing a show with Ron in the basement of Jacques Cabaret in Boston. And I'm like, I, I was playing solo tapes. And I was like, I, I was, was never really happy with what I was doing. And then I remembered half cut cows. Like, wait, I just need to do not a lot with big holes in it. So like a punk rock basement noise crowd. And I did. And amazingly, I would go make a sound and then wait. And people would cheer. And I would wait some more. Oh. And then give them just a little bit and then wait for what seemed like eternity. And what I was trying to do, and it, you know, they didn't chase me out, like it was fine. But, uh, but I was thinking like, how does a band do this tension live? What P16D4 did in that song is so inscrutable. Uh, it's so hard to understand. It's so, n- all the human impulses of what you do when you're performing tape music live are not there. Um, but it's also not nothing uh the things that are there are really intricate uh there's a lot to hear uh it, it's not just like a recording of empty space which I also like those sometimes too but it's not it's not that uh it is something uh but I, the refusal to engage the refusal to do any hu- human rhythms uh, I think is fantastic. And I've listened to that, that it's one of my absolute favorite pieces of music. Yeah. I love it.
0: And the source for that is the two turntables playing the same side of a P 16 D four LP. Right.
1: Right. Which now funny you say that because now as I was reading, I was reading up on on that and reading the liner notes for it and listening to it this time. And this time I could hear that it's record needles dropping. But I don't think I ever understood it as being record needles dropping before, like, yesterday. So that just became (laughs) legible to me of, oh, yeah, they're they're dropping needles on a record over and over again in random places. That's what it is. Oh.
0: (laughs) And there's four people involved in the making of that, right? There's someone on the mics in the mix. There's people manning the turntables. So, yeah.
1: But it doesn't sound like what Otomo Yoshihida does. It doesn't sound like what Martin Tetro does. It doesn't sound like what Christian Markley does. Like lots of people drop records, on, drop needles on noise records, and it isn't any of those things.
2: Which I is love
1: awesome. the way you described it, and I
2: do too. Now, now, I like thinking of you thinking of this
1: track. I'll take so, the champion title if it's still available.
2: It is absolutely <laughs> so. still available. But I know All what right. you mean, and I like. You know, the use of silence can be a very interesting thing, especially in Noising, and can give this a very tense, strange atmosphere, and when you were talking about what you were doing, it made me think of the last time or two uh, we saw Sickness, maybe in the kind of the mid-2000s, he was doing this, using Silence a lot live, and it built this very strange tension. You can imagine kind of, you know, the, the Sickness sound, but then... Cut with these swaths of silence, making you know the crowds getting it's it get you know it's building this actual palatable atmosphere because you know silence is again just like just like we said this track made uh, made us very uncomfortable yeah and, the silence
3: and, can be super can be very aggressive yes it can it's be a, aggress- it's yeah. a pregnant silence but also if you if you are looking for that release of sound if you want the sound and you're withholding the sound that is aggressive yeah. well
1: in in the in the the original edition of the cd it says on it it's antisocial to play this record in public i agreed yes right? and so Dude, so there's yeah. there's that there's that conspiratorial punk rock confrontational with like, all right, we used to play music, but now we're going to cut that up, you know, and we play concerts, but like, you don't get much that, uh, it it really is antisocial. It, yeah, it really is aggressive and confrontational antisocial, but in a way that's not in a way that's cathartic or, or enjoyable in the traditional sense until you get to the track with Merzbell on it. And then it totally is.
0: Do you view your own music that was inspired by this in the same light of being antisocial and aggressive?
1: No, no, not at all.
0: Because a lot of the techniques that I hear in this, I can also hear in what I've seen you do, especially live with pauses and tape manipulation and different speeds and, and, uh, kind of sound, you know, collage of different sounds from different sources kind of let to breathe.
1: When I was younger. Yes but not, not, no, no more. No, my music now is, uh, is about, uh, joy and, uh, joy and, and positivity and happiness. And it's, I, I'm going for, I'm going for, for beauty. I'm not going for, to make, I'm not going for discomfort anymore. Yeah. I kind of that, that part of what I was going for, I was never very good at it. Uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> when I, uh, when I, when I realized that it's like well i can't do I can't make half cut cows it's I, it's been done and i' I'm, I'm not I can't do it, and my approximations of it are not much of anything I, I don't think so what what do I actually want to say and I'm saying it now, so right. my most recent stuff is that, and it's not not this. I appreciate this I love this, but it isn't me
0: I think they should have fully cut those cows <laughs>
3: The, Maybe that's what
2: we want now. The, the track with Merzbau, so it's the longest track on the on the disc, twenty minutes. And you know, again, keeping in perspective, this is nineteen eighty nine. So this is this is pre, you know, full on pedal Merzbau. This is when Merzbau was still doing. I mean, that was you know, it was that was still that was still happening around this time. But this was still when Merzbau was way more all over the map than yeah, cloud, cl- kind of
0: cloud cock o o grand was uh the year after this came out the year right after this, right so. and then
2: great and then you know uh, uh, uh crash for hi-fi and all those start coming in you know a little bit after this but but the way that we read in the interview with with rlw that you know masami would send him material and he would process it and i assume that that's how this track was created, and
3: he even said that in some of the initial material he received from Masami, it was it was his flute playing,
2: right, right. So he's so, so this not is when Masami's, exactly what is, you wow. would imagine. Yeah. Yes. So this is when he's you know a lot, you know, oh yeah, just a lot more broad in his approach yes, to sound. Exactly. And so this track, you know, you see, you know, with Mursbow and twenty minutes long, prepping for a you know twenty minute, you know dive into the into the the harsh noise hole but that's not what this is this is a this is a pretty interesting collage
3: and uh, the title is referential to a um a philosopher Theodore adorno and i don't know i if this is tongue in cheek or to what extent it is but the uh recovery of half education is is what it references and basically this Philosopher, I will oversimplify to an extreme, so apologies. But basically, he's saying that any music uh, can become commodity, so all people should be anti-music, so that they do not become commodities themselves or engage in commodification. Actually, which fits. (laughs)
0: <laughs> looking at the booklet for this it's a uh, step one was uh, p16d4 a collection of own material choir orchestra loops church organ e-guitar and electronics sent to japan step two mertzbau transformation of p16d4 material and mix with own recordings prc turntables violin electronics step three p16d4 final mix and addition uh, and this was all done through 1987 so this shows uh October November December 87 as being the time frame for this material being sent back and forth and being worked on so this is a good few years before we'd see you know pedal mers
2: totally and yeah this is a i mean this is a very very strange 20 minute co- you know sh- surreal
0: collage piece i think there are some mers tones in there like there are parts of it that sound oh, identifiably MERS bow and I I, I like those bits. It was interesting to kind of pick out amidst the stuff we've already been hearing, what might be him and what might be reappropriating and what P16D4 might have added after the fact. And thinking about that sort of collaborative process of send it to him, get it back with extra stuff, mess it up with some more extra stuff and and cut it all together uh, to make this 20 minute piece. I mean, this this is twice as long as half cut cows.
3: Did not feel as long.
0: It's
1: oh, ouch. <laughs> did you guys hate this record or what? I'm, I'm sorry.
2: No, 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 no. This is, I, But I will say that this was this was the most challenging record that we've done. I'll say My that 100 percent, 100 percent.
3: It has nowhere to rest. Like, 100%. there's not. That's
1: right. You know, it's
3: true. It, it's it's. Didn't did you
1: guys holding. do asshole snail dilemma? You did that one, right?
3: Oh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> yeah. oh. But, oh. But you know
2: what?
1: But hang on, the, the cut up records was too. I'm, I'm just trying you, to understand. You know your what? Actually, here.
2: you know what? Actually, I will say that I would put it up. I would put it up with asshole snail dilemma. I think yeah. that. I think. with uh, asshole snail dilemma was is a very challenging record, and Russell Stern is a very challenging project. Yeah, yeah, for it kind sure. of is, yeah. But. There, I, I, you know, that is interesting, actually. I like, I actually, I have to say you might have, you kind of, I like that you brought that up because. I'm the champion,
1: Mike. You are, you are. (laughs) I'm going
3: to own it now. I'm appreciating the framework we're getting now in, in discussing this with you. I, I think that it would make us hear this in a different light. I
2: would say, I would say that asshole snail dilemma. There is, there is this human element to it. Whereas this to me feels very inhuman. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think maybe, and I also is a challenging, yes. challenging record.
3: You get the body sounds and,
2: but the, this, this was challenging, I think in a different way. And, but I mean, look, this is the journey that we are, we love to be on. So this is, huh. it's not about, it's not about hating a record in any way, but it is, this was truly, truly a challenging album. And and I, I would have said I was more familiar with P16D4, but I don't think I really was. I mean, we yeah. we had that 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 um,
0: selection box, the uh, the permutative yeah, distortion yeah, yeah. thing on VOD. Yeah,
1: sure, mm-hmm. sure. But I think that's more the earlier stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. That is, that's the early tapes before they became P16D4. So you're, you're actually hearing some of that stuff chopped up. Yeah, on, on yeah. That. So yeah, I think this, that's this more when really I really give you a it's not likable.
2: Right, no. right, right. But I so I think I was more expecting that. So this was, you know, the this was my introduction to this record this week. Uh so I was expecting a little more, I think that, and so when it was this, it was very jarring. Um but sure. but but again, our whole point of doing any of this is like the, your talk about this has truly I actually have a newfound uh, appreciation for this record, it, 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 like from an hour ago. You know what I mean? Cool. Like so. Yes. So that it, it, it's our point to do a lot of this stuff is to <laughs> listen to other people's thoughts and takes, and then someone like you, who's this record's been with you since 1989, your yeah. opinion and your views on this record are far more <laughs> detailed, nuanced, and I, you know, I think it far more interesting. Yes, and so. You know, I, I, I've i actually yeah. loved I'm so happy that you brought this and I think this conversation yeah. has been
0: amazing mm-hmm. and maybe um, we feel uh, alienated by it in the same way you did the first time you heard it maybe yeah, it takes absolutely. 10 there more, or 20 more or 100 more listens and in the comparison to something like Asshole Snail Dilemma that record while it's really abrasive and, and very off putting it you can settle into that abrasiveness, whereas this you it's completely unpredictable. And, and you can
1: you can get an opinion about asshole snail dilemma. It's hard to know what to think of Acrid acme. Very think that's, true. Yes. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And I think I said this to the Connollys when we were kind of discussing it is, you know, uh Acme being Greek and meaning the sort of the pinnacle. But the word makes me think of Wily e. Coyote in Road Runner, and Roadrunner. <sighs> and there is a cartoonish uh kind of timing to this almost and where like you said it's not human rhythms it's uh it's just that unpredictability of like when is the anvil gonna drop
3: yeah and it's not even spastic like you think it's gonna just like get wild but it never gets wild it's it's always completely controlled and like aggressively withholding I guess would be the yeah that's that a great I that's a really it.
1: great phrase <laughs> yeah but, and that's made the, the the punk rock confrontational part of it you know, is we're not going to give you what you think this is going to be, but but here it is anyway. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> dig, dig in. Right. Was this was this your introduction to Mersbau? I had read the name in like ND magazine, I guess, or, or Forced Exposure. One of the one of the things that I bought at that magazine shop, and I'd so I knew the name connected with the word noise. But I don't think at the time I really knew what noise as a genre was. So this right. might have been the first Merzbell I'd heard.
2: Right, right. And then and then obviously you know, if you continued on and picked up, you know, something more in the earlier part of the nineties, must have been
1: so you know, well, this is very different from Well the, the next yeah. the first Merzbow album I heard, I remember it was uh um Music for Bondage performance. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was one. And that one I was, I'd seen the name enough referred to as noise to think, all right, I want a noise album. I'm going to get this like, hang on. It's like a lovely percussion album. Yeah. Wait wait a minute. What's noise then? Is that this? So it took me a while to actually hear noise, noise. Do you recall what the very first, with the first or some of the first like straight noise stuff you heard? I think it was controlled bleeding. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think it was that. I think it was which also wow. could be,
2: which also could have been a roll of the dice. You could have gotten another contr- uh, C- uh, control game that was, <laughs> well, yeah, you could have gotten something totally non-noise. Yeah. So, so, but, but it was, it was one of the one of the noise records.
3: Well, hey, if there's something that this the entire discussion, this listen, has really made me reflect upon is. The importance of context in listening to these things like the not just like titles and albums, but really like changing the context just absolutely transforms this. And just like you were saying that it's different every time you listen to it. Um, I imagine if we listen to this again, it will be vastly different than on our Prior listen.
2: Well, and especially having now talked with you about this, I know and now we're going to have a nostalgia
3: new- around it. Yeah, <laughs> now it's like
2: now I'm just attaching this to you, and I only have good, I have just great feelings about it. Yeah, and thinking about y- the way you were talking about it, especially the way you talked about half cut cows, I think mm-hmm. it was amazing, and I think that was yeah. really, I think that was a great insight to to this track and to oh in a way to listen to. This Maybe track.
3: I need to listen to it again to alleviate my prior trauma.
1: Uh, maybe next time you guys go to Florida, you to bring oh, it with you. There you go. <laughs> I think no, so. Very good. authentic Stelzer
0: experience. <laughs> um, no, you don't
1: you don't want that exactly. <laughs> but
2: <laughs> now you you you've worked with with Ralph, correct?
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did once. Wow, had to. <laughs> did you I know. Did I, did, maybe, I did know I? you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I think yeah, so. Once. And, Right, right, and and were you, uh, were you? Did you get in contact with him in the nineties? A little later, when did you end up getting in contact with him? Do you remember? Oh boy, it's okay if you don't.
1: I remember. No, I remember. I found his email address and wrote him an email in two thousand, mm-hmm. maybe, and and told him how much I love P sixteen D four and Hey, I make music too. Can I send you a CD? Right, like like a dumbass, uh, but I did. And and we've we've emailed back and forth ever since then. Yeah, we we're he's he's really really busy. He's actually in Germany, pretty famous. He's a a, a prosecutor. He prosecutes white collar crime. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty righteous guy. Um, so he's pretty busy with his family and and with that, it takes up a lot of his time. But yeah, we've we've emailed back and forth, and I did a he did like a remix album for like a Christmas seven inch he put out and I did a remix for it. I have no recollection of what it sounds like or what I did after this. I think I'm gonna go listen again. Uh just to what did I do with Ralph Wachowski? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about <laughs> it Why in this Christmas dandy in,
2: dandy interview that we have here. Uh oh. and it and it was actually interesting because he, he sort of talks he about it's any
1: good? I don't know
2: he always said it was said it was forthcoming. Well this was such a cool conversation. This was I actually i've learned more about you in this hour hour and a half than i think i ever knew about you <laughs> knowing each other for 20 know, knowing years each other and, and no you know kidding. being in being more contact kind of in the early the mid 2000s so this is next time i'll this, ask you questions hey you know <laughs> what it'll, it'll, we'll, the ta- you I'm, can I'm, turn turn the tables i'm so happy to see you
1: guys yes. seriously yeah, so, yes. it, it was a, was, it was really a pleasure cool. really a pleasure
2: and um anything uh, I know we you had uh, sent, sent us a recent three CD set. Is that the newest
1: thing available or, you know,
2: let the people know what's available, what what's you do new, and what you up where to, where they can get it.
1: Now's the time. Okay. So head, head over to my merch table, everybody. Uh, here's the new stuff. So yeah, the, the triple CD invariably falling forward into the thickets of closure is the, the new solo album. It's on no rent, uh, it's uh it's three CDs, it's uh but it's a single album. It's got songs and vocalists and uh some some beats. I, I like dubs, so there's some dub on it. Uh, that track,
2: there's the, there's mm-hmm. one track especially that was kind of dubbed out with vocals. It, it was definitely oh, yeah. like we kept being like, wait. Who-? I know, I was like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like <laughs> yeah, so yeah. like it was so yeah, it is and and, and, and uh Tom Smith is mm-hmm. a guest on on one of the yeah. tracks. Yep. So yeah, Tom titled after a color and
1: and laid out the CDs are laid out that way so very cool. Yep, so that's out on on no rent. Uh I don't think he has many copies left but enough so go go buy whatever whatever they have left. Uh and then there's a collaborative CD with Expose Your Eyes that's out on Oxidation that I'm really proud of. That's pretty great. I like Expose Your Eyes a whole lot. Uh those are the new the new things
2: awesome Great. we will have links up to all that so go check it out and thanks again man this was awesome yeah thanks Harry. hey thank you guys yes. pleasure thank mine. you cool.
3: you've been listening to noise extra noise extra is brought to you by chondritic sound a home to noise artists for over 17 years by Verdant weapons maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices and by our patreon supporters
0: and thank you to our new patrons, S. Christopher A. Ballard, Joe Hesick, Sisto Rossi, Anders Heckenson, Leah Liquid, No God, Sean Manzano, Alexis Jayakoski, Kylie Kalval, and Christopher. Thank you very much. We appreciate your support.
3: You can find our Patreon at slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noise 1E and e those and on Twitter at Noise Extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.